Welcome to Overcaffeinated with Attitude. I'm your host, Laura Riz. And I'm your other host, Caitlin Adams. And we are going to be talking about pop culture, streaming, and other cool things <laughs> that we deem cool. Um, so yeah, I this episode we're going to talk about, as Laura said, some pop culture things that we think are cool, and um, specifically scammers. And why do we love them? Why so do we love them? We love them? Or should we love them? The great debate. Um, So uh, take a listen and let us know what you think. Yeah, this is our first episode. So, you know, let us know how we did. And um, just a disclaimer. um, This is just, you know, all of our own thoughts um, and opinions um, that are not affiliated with anything um, or anyone but ourselves. Mm -hmm. All our thoughts are our own. And it's just really us talking about a whole mess just so messy um, people messy stories uh, messy scammers <laughs> just a whole lot of mess exactly so again it's just for entertainment purposes we had a lot of fun with it so we hope you do too but um so yeah the focus of today um i think we're going to talk about some swindlers and con artists and that happy nonsense and um I don't know. We were talking like before all of this about how many have popped up. I mean, I guess it's never been like out of style to be a con artist, but like, I feel like maybe it's the sensationalism of the different like streaming outlets, but I don't know. I feel like it popped up all at once. Like I heard about all these stories, well, at least two out of three. I never heard of the Tinder swindler. Swindler? Is that how you say it? Tindler Swindler. Tindler yeah. Swindler. <laughs> Tindler Swindler. It doesn't really roll off the tongue. No, it's awful. Twister um, for the Tindler Swindler. Swindler Tindler. <laughs> I don't know. But I, I heard about the other two before that. Like I've heard about I them. honestly have never heard of any of these people. See, like, I I, like Yeah, I just I just started um like watching it and then I just couldn't stop and then I just wanted to like watch more people like not get scams because that's kind of messed up but I just wanted to like I don't know I just was fascinated because I'm definitely fascinated by um like anti-heroes like someone who like I feel like we have like this specific um like thought in our head of like what a like hero is which is Mm -hmm. probably like a sidebar but then you know I'm really interested in like how someone lets their life just completely get so messy. Like, how do you get so... (laughs) How do you get so messy? (laughs) Yeah, like, how do you get so messy? Like, how do you get so derailed, um, I guess, from, like, what society is, like, you know, I guess their, like, guidelines of, like, okay, like, well, you know, have a bank account. Like, you know, make sure that, you know, you're paying your bills on time. Like, I don't know, these, like, things that seem so simple... And then, like, I don't know if it's just that, you know, these scam artists want so much more, mm-hmm. um, but it just really fascinates me. So, you know, I would say that this category um, for our little chat would be like scam artists and why do we love them? Why do we love them? <laughs> we do yeah. love them. But I mean, yeah, to your point. So just like backtracking a little bit um, for you listening, um, we're talking about some scammers today, some messy ass scammers, <laughs> um, specifically the Tinder swindler. How do you say his name? His name is Simon. Yes, uh, Simon LeVay. I think so. While you're hopping on that, I know we are going to be speaking about Elizabeth Holmes. So Anna Del- Delvey. Delvey? Delvey, yeah. Delvey, yeah. Which I remember, okay, so like I was watching some tea channels on YouTube and I had followed her story before inventing Anna. The other two, I'm not going to like be like, I was an OG fan of these scammers. But like, I remember when this whole thing like broke about this like fake heiress, I was like, what the hell is going on? Like how was so many people like, yeah, that's totally, that's totally what's going on. I don't know. When all this news popped, like it seems like something I was very, I should have been like very interested in like very on top of, but like, I don't know where I was like 2017. Like, I don't know after like that, like, I feel like I just have like these lost years after the pandemic. Like I'm just like, 
what even happens before the pandemic? I don't even know. I know. I think I blacked out for the last two years and it's like, I'm finally coming out of it because I legitimately was like reading about this, like 2017, 2018 and the details of her case, which I mean, we'll get into a little bit. Like, I feel like, I don't know if we're going to get super into what's happening, but I will link a bunch of interesting articles um, that you have pulled up for us and that I pulled up too, that I think bring up a lot more points than I can ever about it. Um, I kind of just want to give my opinions on, you know, the, the shows I'm going to be honest. I didn't watch all of, all of Anna's series, but I know a lot of what happened. So I'm very excited. Yeah. <laughs> I highly recommend you finish it because I think that. Was it, it good? It, like, was it enthralling? I was very intrigued the whole entire time. It was like, um, it reminds me of like, um, like pandemic times where everyone was working from home that first month and like, mm-hmm. no one knew what was going on. So we were all like watching like Joe exotic, which is like a, probably a whole nother tangent we could go on. But, um, <laughs> Nate, my boyfriend and I, we finished that in like, in one day, we just sat there and watched it. And like, to me, this is like, that gives me nostalgia of like, just being completely and totally enthralled and like, I don't know, reminding myself, I have to take a bathroom break. Um, because I was just so enthralled in this story. Of Anna or of Joe Exotic? Of, because yeah. of, of both, really, <laughs> to be honest. I mean, again, how do these like two messy queens like just get so off track? Like, like I, I, there's so much backstory that I'm sure we don't know of. But like, I mean, just like this, like psycho, like the psychology of like, mm-hmm. of like how they came to be. I'm just fascinated on like, that whole story arc of like their character. Right. And I think even, well, within the three that we kind of wanted to take a look at today a little bit and chat about, and even with like Joe Exotic, I feel like the common thread in all of them in some capacity is that they felt a lesser way and wanted to transcend to like a different either power level or they wanted to be Um, you know, better looking, or they wanted to be richer, or they wanted to be more respected. And so it was literally like the age old thing, like fake it till you make it. They're just like, yeah, sure. Like, I have a passion to do XYZ, be rich, be famous, you know, train tigers and shoot guns, like whatever it may be. (laughs) Like, and they were just like, I'm just going to pretend like I'm, I'm, that's real until it is, which is kind of cool. I feel like we all do that kind of like when you start out with something, it's like, well, yeah. I'm going to pretend to do this. And then eventually you just are good at it if you keep doing it. Heiresses and rich dudes and pharmaceutical billionaires. And I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts about Elizabeth Holmes because I like out of all of them, I don't want to say I respect her, but hers, she, okay. So basic rundown. She always dreamed of being in the medical field, being an engineer. She just really wanted to change the world for um, years and years. And um, you can read all of this in an insider article, a business insider article, which I thought was really interesting. It's highlighting this and um, the new Hulu series, The Dropout with Amanda Seyfried, which is actually like why I got like reinterested in it. Because like Amanda Seyfried from the day she was in like Mean Girls is my queen and savior. I don't know. Like I love her so much. Um, she sings, she's, she could pretend she's dumb and she could pretend she's like a billionaire. So, but yeah, um, Elizabeth Holmes, she was the CEO of this like starter project or startup company, Theranos, um, which essentially was trying to back in 2014, she wanted to take this idea of having a single like pin drop of blood um, to test instead of like vials. So you would be just essentially taking a little pin drop and it would be able to test everything that, you know, you would be able to do in a traditional blood test with like tons of vials. Cause I don't know about you, but like with all of like the crap I have going on health wise, every time like I get to, I have to take blood. It's like literally like 10 vials. I honestly don't mind giving blood. I'm like, okay with needles as long as I don't watch them go in. But I could see how like Big Pharma would absolutely love this idea. Right. And she was like really, so she'll always claim that it was honest. Um, That's like the biggest thing in her case is she'll be like, I thought this was going to work. I really thought that I was going to change the world. I really thought this concept was going to work. Um, And I was going to help people not have to, you know, take as much blood when they were, um, trying to get these tests done. But the only thing is, is that she, 
got billions of dollars in investors um, to believe her in Silicon Valley without ever having a, a actual working demo of it or an actual way this was ever going to work. Like she never had an actual physical product to show them. They just heard the idea, which I mean, I heard the idea and I was like, yeah, let's do it. And they just boosted her up. They were like literally hailing her as the next big tech mogul. Like she was going to be it. Like, yeah. That's pretty amazing how like you can't even like, I mean, I feel like now, like, or I don't know, like I, I just wonder how, how this happens. Like, is it because, you know, people, it's like who, you know, like, it's like, you know, you're shaking, you know, the right billionaire's hands and, you know, they, they want to be a part of like the next big thing. Like they want to like, you know, a return on their investment and they want the next big idea. And that's why they just get so caught up in this, like almost like American dream, like, I don't know, like self-made person that, um, will bring them even more like millions upon millions of dollars. I don't know. I mean, I think it's twofold. I think in her case, like she had privilege on her side because her parents worked for like the government, like her mom, Noel was a congressional staffer. And then her father was like a investor. And then he eventually worked for the government. So I think like that was kind of on her side specifically. Um, and then like having this revolutionary idea and like, like, like was a mix for these people to be like, I have too much money. This sounds like a good idea. You don't seem like someone that would scam us. So here you go, you know? And um, I think it spirals out of control for these people. Like after a while, they're like, well, what do I do now? Like, <laughs> how do I get out of this? I'm going to have to make this product or keep up this facade because I have all this money and I don't know what I would do in that situation. I'd probably be like, okay, yeah, keep giving me your money. How does it get so messy? Like you said, like, why don't they ever, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just, I wish I had enough money to just be like, yes, Elizabeth Holmes, here is a million dollars. Do whatever you want. Buy a pretty car. It's going to be great. Yeah. I mean, it's just... <laughs> I don't know. It's just the, I don't know if it's like the 1%, like once you're in, you're in. And then, you know, who cares like how much money is being thrown around because, you know, you have so much more left of it that it's like, like the higher the stakes, like the harder, the, I don't know, the harder the fall. Like, I don't really know how to explain, explain it in um, like Elizabeth Holmes, like instance. And I don't really know how to explain it with like the Tinder Swindler or um, Anna Sorkin, but like, yeah. I'm just fascinated by like how, these like how so many people just like like just are like yes like this like you are different than every single other person out there like I, I just don't know how it happens like I'm just so I'm caught up in this like I feel like I would get caught up in this scam because I'm pretty gullible um so it's only an idea and we're like hey like invest a million dollars and like I had it and you know I had I was I was Jeff Bezos rich like I'd be like, sure. Like, yeah, that sounds great. Like, why not? See, I, yeah, I would like to think I'm smarter, but out of all of them, I would probably be like Anna. Anna would be like, oh, hello, darling. You know, oh. <laughs> that accent though, like <laughs> in real life and like in the show, absolutely ridiculous. I'm like, how did anyone, how did anyone just think that was you? But uh, I would probably not believe like investment scams. Like, I think you're smarter. Like, I, I, would, mean, I mean, like the, with the Tinsley Swindler, like these women were taking out personal loans. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, at first they were like kind of in like Finland, but they were taking out personal loans, like on their credit cards and pretending like they were with, um, like with Simon, like, and they, and they're like, oh, like, uh, you know, like we just were here, we were just there. And then, you know, he just was, you know, using like one girl's money on the next girl and then the next girl's money on the next one and you're like all right this like then, big baller and like no one's like questioning it like and then you know he's like being like really threatening and being like oh my enemies are after me and it's like you're you're showing all these women like the same photo like at some point like in today's world wouldn't you be like like a, a like a facebook stalker creep and be like hey girl like do you know this guy because he's acting hella shady and i just want to let you know like this is what he's doing like 
is he doing the same to you or am I just like completely like batshit crazy? Well, that's the thing like with him in particular, I mean, kind of with Anna, but like him in particular, like I can see how this would happen in like the 1940s. Like some man just pretends he's rich and just like, you know, there's this pyramid scheme of women, but how in the actual I mean, it's basically how- like Mad Men, like Donald yeah. Draper, like. Yeah, um, Don Draper. He is, yeah. yeah. Those two in the same sentence, though, because John Hamm is our king and savior. I know. I love uh, him. But yeah, no, to your point, like. But going back to like what we were saying before, like, I feel like in, you know, the early, like before the internet, obviously, and yeah. then like, like the 1950s, like you could just literally like be like, all right, I'm going out for eggs or milk. And then you just never come back. And then you yeah. have like another family, like right down the street and no one would ever know where you like whatever happened yeah totally right though like you were able to just like have another life like disappear disappear for hours on end and no one would know where you were and I think about that a lot and it freaks me the hell out like before there was a cell phone like people couldn't reach you for several hours and that was just fine and it didn't matter so for someone like Simon to exist then would make a lot of sense but I just Seemingly, I don't know how someone gets away with it for that long on the edge of the internet. Like, I have seen some shady people, like, locally, where I'm just like, okay, you're up to some nonsense. And, like, I feel like they get called out, like, in no time. Like, how does this kind of thing happen with the technology and the knowledge of people that were scammers in the past? Like, Don Draper, living a double life. Simon over here, living a double life on the backs of all these women. Uh, Anna Sorokin living um, lavishly in hotels, you know, making like friends and pretending like, oh, like, I'll wire you the money. And it's like, no, you won't. Like, you don't have the money. Although, sidebar, I don't really feel bad for Rachel because like, I just personally, like, I feel like she kind of set herself up to get scammed. Like, I don't know. (laughs) You deserve (laughs) it, you messy bitch. (laughs) No, I just, I don't know how you would hand over, you know, your company Amex card and be like, this is fine. Like, to me, like in, I don't know, maybe it's just who I am. Like, I get anxious if I'm like 10 minutes late. Like, Mm -hmm. I I just don't know how like you could like play around with like another company's like thousands upon thousands of dollars in Turkey or wherever they were. Was it Istanbul? It might've been, no, it was Morocco all these places are probably really relative to each other, but I'm just terrible at geography. So I'm just going to say that out loud right now. Um, My brain just like made the fax machine noise when you were talking. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, but, but go on. Yeah. In, yeah. But when they were in Morocco, like, you know, they, they needed a credit card and, you know, Rachel hands over her credit card. And I mean, that's the one charge that Anna got off on. And I was like, pretty proud about that. I was like, okay, like, I'm, I'm cool with this. Like, I mean, I don't know. I feel, and I feel like a lot of these shows kind of um, make, make you feel some type of way about these scammers. Like you're kind of like, Oh, like, you know, you kind of, you kind of root for them a little bit. And it's like, that's weird too. Like, it's, it's like you're watching like a car crash and you can't look away. And then you kind of like feel bad for all the victims. And then you're like, Holy shit. Like, this is like, like, this is like real. And then you're like, but it's also like, it's so entertaining to watch. I don't know. It's just crazy. It makes sense though, because I think to a point, it's never really super black and white. I mean, I mean, I'm not going to get into the weeds with like serial killers being like, okay, or whatever. But like, I think with criminals, it's not always like they're a terrible person. Like with these people, it's like, like you said in the beginning, it's like they're anti-heroes in a way because they had some kind of like okay motive for starting what they did and then it spiraled in so I think that's why it's compelling like these people are kind of likable and that's why the story gets so much attention because there's tons of scammers that are not really that likable because they're not really great people and I'm not saying any of these people are like great or horrible people but I think it's more of a gray area and these narratives are really painting it that way because they're saying like hey you know this girl just wanted to be liked or, you know, she wanted to have more friends or she wanted people to think of her in a certain way. Um, that's like the impression I get with with Anna. I feel like she was just kind of like like a scrub. And also guaranteed Halloween spirit next year will have an Anna Sorokin, Anna Delvey costume. A hundred percent. And if not, there's going to be tons of hipsters just like with their glasses and their thick German accents. Yeah. And that's going to be like the like safe for school costume is the Anna Delby costume because <laughs> I know like with like my school like you couldn't obviously like bring in like 
you know, fake swords and stuff. And, you know, obviously I understand why, because they're weapons. Um, Throw out your Game of Thrones costumes and your Outlander yeah. costumes. Yeah. And it's coming. Yeah. For sure. No, but yeah, I mean, I don't really want to get into it, but I feel like now that we've like opened that can of worms, like with Joe Exotic, I don't know if you watched both seasons of the Tiger King. I didn't watch the second season. It's I don't know how you top the first. Wild ride. Um, well, there's also the Doc Antle series. What's that? I've never heard of that before. Oh my god. So okay. So here is the TLDR on all of it. So there is the first season of the Tiger King, which was sensational and crazy and amazing. Then there's the second season of the Tiger King in which they go into a little bit more about Joe Exotic and um, a little bit more about how Doc Antle like is a cult leader pretty much. And it was kind of sad because you see He's the one with like the he was like the one with like the blonde hair, like the long blonde hair and like the like women yes. who like were like basically like a harem. Yeah, a harem yeah. of women. Like it was so yeah. So you want to hear some craziness? Yeah. You I do. watch. I really do. So then I know this is like getting off topic, but I can't. It's so messy. So if you couldn't, if it couldn't get messier, there's season two of the Tiger King, which I was like kind of disappointed in. It kind of just goes into like what happened with him in jail um, and what happened after the fallout of like the first Tiger King, which it was kind of boring. But then it opened up the door to the Doc Antle series where you find out that he was pretty much in the shadow of this famous cult leader. And to become like literally a huge scammer and a cult leader and like super abusive. So like totally not a good guy and totally not likable. And it makes like Joe Exotic more likable, even though he's kind of like a psychopath too. And like a messy queen. I think we've also talked about this probably before, um, but just, uh, what is it? Um, Lulu, uh, Lulu Rowe. Lulu Rowe. Uh, Was that yeah. the scam or? or- oh, Lula Rich. Lula Rich. What is Lula Rich? Yeah. So it was um, basically like this documentary on like Lulu Row and like how women like if you know it was it talked about pyramid schemes and like if you're like the, if you're in like like in the pyramid like if you're closer to the top then you know you're probably one of the quote unquote like founders and then you get more money like by how many people are signed up under you um, and I, I kind of like feel like I've experienced like quite a few pyramid schemes in my life like not that I've participated in them mm-hmm. but like they all kind of sound similar like but anyway so Lulu Rich like they were, they were talking to the founders um, <laughs> Deanne and Mark uh, Stidham mm-hmm. and it got to a point where they were like there were so many people in the scheme that like their warehouse they just couldn't have they didn't have any room for inventory and so a lot of these like women in their shipments would get like moldy leggings or like like rotted leggings because they just like left them outside because they weren't shipping them out fast enough. They grew too quickly. Like they had too many people under them. They were, it, it, it's insane. Like you just have to watch it. Like it goes through the whole thing. And throughout the whole thing, the founders are like, yeah, like, you know, we ran into some issues, but, um, you know, it was like, I wouldn't say it was like a pyramid scheme. I wouldn't say it was a scam. And it's like, by definition, like that's pretty much what it was. Um, right. Because I feel like any of those things that have like representatives like that, like I could see if the company was just like a clothing company and they grew too quickly, then you can be like, oh yeah, like we had production problems. But when you're telling your sellers that they're independent sellers and they're livelihood is based on quotas that you can't fill like that's a different issue I feel like because like if you're if that and and all of the artists like that made the patterns Mm -hmm. um they were just basically like copying and pasting different stuff that they found on the internet and like just like using it and changing it a little like the the percentage that you have to change something in order for it not to be like copied Mm -hmm. um to just like like mass produce different designs because the co-founders were like you need to have this many designs throughout the day so then like all of these artists were like working like a crazy amount of time so then I think there's um there's a few like there's like a burger um that's like placed in like a not optimal place on like a woman's body that like <laughs> makes it look like a, a penis um oh no <laughs> and then there's I think, like tacos that are or there's like I think there's multiple ones that they go through in the series where it's just like like these 
patterns that kind of look like penises, like were, you know, on like women's clothing. And obviously like women would complain because I, I I mean, I feel like there's a time and a place for that, but not in my, my uh, likings. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a great show, but again, like scammers, like pyramid schemes, like I feel like it all comes, it's all connected somehow. I just don't really know how, but I'm just like really obsessed with like, just like, like, how does this happen? I'm like, just imagining you sitting at night and being like that meme that has like all the like numbers surrounding yeah. the woman's head. Like yeah. Laura's just like. <laughs> exactly. That is exactly how I am in my day-to-day life. Um, I think that's the biggest thing with like true crime and there's different levels too. I mean, like I used to be obsessed. I used to listen on my day-to-day commute because I would be like, it would be like voyeurism in a point, like listening to these people in their lives. And I can't relate at all. And it's just like, how did this happen to this person? Like, how did you get to this point where you're scamming people out of millions of dollars or billions of dollars? And how does it get out of control to that point where you just can't stop? Yeah, like this wave of like, scammer jammer documentaries all has to do with our fascination with these people and you know trying to sympathize with them like you said like I feel bad for all of them in a way like every single one maybe not Simon yeah <laughs> and also Joe Exotic in a way but I, I encourage you to watch season two of Joe Exotic because okay. he's definitely not like a perfect person but there was like a few clips that made you sentimental and I feel like that all like ropes into it and it's like a common thread with all these documentaries it's like how did their you know mental status and their upbringing and all of that have to do with the person they became like if they would have had something different happen in their lives um would they have responded differently to it and not taken the path that they did um and I feel like that with all of them because I mean even bouncing back and forth like my mind's like a ping pong ball and like thinking about (laughs) all these scammers like but with like Elizabeth Holmes, if she didn't have all that privilege, if it was just like you or me, and she's like, I really want to hustle. I really want to be great. I really want to do good in the world. And I don't have all this privilege. Um, would she have worked a little harder to make sure she actually had a concept for her dream before she got all the backers? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's just so many components that it makes it really compelling because it's not like an evil sort of thing. It's not just like this evil mastermind criminal that's like dubious and horrible. Like in all these cases, it's like they had reasons. Like even with Simon, I know we're like throwing mad shade on him, but like he got himself into something. Like, I don't think he was necessarily like a totally evil person. I think you get yourself into something with the best intentions and you can't get out. Another scammer one. This is one that's local to me um, and like was the talk of the town when it happened. And then when it was on Netflix with the Polka King. Did you hear about that? I vaguely remember this. I didn't watch it. Okay. But I think that's just because I wasn't really invested in the Polka King. Okay. So um, you need to, because out of all the messy queens, he's the messiest. His name was Jan Lamont. And um, he was from the great city of Hazleton, which I'm from. But this was like the talk of the town when the whole incident happened. And then when they said that they were making a documentary and a fictionalized movie, like our town blew up. Like everybody was all over it. They're like, oh my God, the Polka King. Oh, Jack Black was in this movie. Mm-hmm. He does a really good job in the dramatization. It was more like a dark comedy like the fictionalization one but there was also like a really compelling documentary and he was a perfect example as well where it was like they made him sympathetic when I heard about this whole thing and I was in Hazleton so uh, the one was like I said a Polish American polka singer um and he had created like a Ponzi scheme or a pyramid scheme um where he had all these investors kind of like everybody that we've spoke about and he would invest So he essentially told them he was investing their money um, into this empire or this this holding account, um, essentially, where he would be able to double their investments or triple their investments. Well, it never happened. It was all money for him. But what he actually said was happening was that investment fund that he was investing everybody's money into was he, he said he didn't lie about it. Like he was investing into himself that was going to propel his career. And then he was going to pay everybody back. 
But essentially he was doing the same thing Simon was doing where he was taking a little bit from this person and yeah. giving that money that he owed over here to this person. And then being like, oh yeah, honey, I could buy you, his wife, a diamond ring. And then he would, you know, give her a diamond ring while he was actually taking that money from like the little old lady down the road. And when you see that movie too, it's just like, when you see it from his point of view, like, I guess growing up, everybody was like, oh, what a bum. Like, I can't believe he did that. He stole my grandma's money. And what a scumbag. And then you watch the documentary and the fictionalized version. And it was like, it can be untrue. But when they're telling it from his side, you're like, wow, I feel kind of bad. Like he really just wanted to, you know, propel his career, propel his business, make sure all of his friends and family had money and was going to, yeah, like he just like wanted to pay his friends and family and make sure their lives were comfortable. And then eventually we're, was going to pay these people back or so he says. So I feel like it's, well, I mean, basically it's like Rob Peter to pay Paul. Right. Right. And yeah. Like, the age old story. The age old story. But also I feel like I want to like almost call this like Robin Hood syndrome. Like if I were to like, I don't even know if that's like a thing, like, but I'm just going to make it a thing now. Um, I feel like it's like Robin Hood syndrome, like steal from the rich to pay for like, to pay for the poor, like, you know, or like give back to the poor. Like, it's like, I think this whole concept of like, like Robin Hood syndrome, like you, you know, you root for Robin Hood because, you, you know, you're <laughs> the poor people that would benefit from um, True. getting a little bit back. Like, it, it's just, I mean, obviously it's probably like way more complicated and I could probably come up with like a whole like scenario and like method. But like, I, I think that like, you could just basically say like, why maybe we feel so sympathetic is it's like the Robin Hood syndrome. It's like, you know, you, you kind of want to see the, some of these people like beat the system. And you could be onto something because some of the more sympathetic ones, I mean, there's, there's instances in what we were speaking about. Some of the, the, the people that we spoke about are less sympathetic because they weren't quote unquote, like, like us, you know, um, but some of the more sympathetic ones are just trying to beat the system and get money and, you know, be more wealthy. And like you said, the, the kind of Robin hood system, maybe evade taxes, but not to a large extent, just, you no. know, you know, like that kind of thing, but I'm not saying don't pay your taxes. Cause like, obviously, don't fight the man, but yeah, it's no, like, no, no. yeah, it's like, you're sympathetic because it's like, wow, like, they got away with that. Like, that's cool in a way, like, even though it's illegal. Um, but then it's like the ramifications though, like, especially with the polka King, like I firsthand, like could see people that were like, my total life savings are gone. They're done. Yeah. Like my life is ruined because of you. And so then like you pull back. So it's like, yeah, I think that you always kind of forget about the victims in the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it's all about the with, person like, that did it. Yeah, especially with like any like any storytelling, because I feel like like any story is like if you like kind of think about it and like break it down, it's kind of a little bit um, like narcissistic because like like as like the narrator, you're only getting one version, or like as like the protagonist, I guess, right. um, you're only getting like one version of the story, and it's like but you forget about like all of the people along the way that either have helped, you know make this person better or have like contributed to like their downfall or um I don't know they just you you forget about the people who get hurt I think and and I think that that's something that like I feel like it's not something like that um maybe is easy for a lot of people to like like consider because Mm -hmm. then you're kind of like oh shit like I'm like a shitty person because you're almost kind of like watching this exploitative or exploitative, um, Mm. I don't know, story of their life. So then it kind of like circles back. You're like, oh, like maybe this actually isn't so cool. I don't know. It just makes you, I think, more (laughs) self-aware. Yeah, no. And I I agree with what you're saying to like a a large extent, because like I said, like I fixate on true crime and I'm like, it it consumes my life. But um, I think you have a great point with like dramatization series over documentaries like I think when it is a dramatization and it is about a certain person like Anna or um say like I always just like talk about y'all the one because I feel like I I have that local connection but when you see like the Polka King movie or like the inventing Anna it's told as they're the main character so it's kind of like you're always going to have that sympathy um and to some extent 
I didn't feel sympathetic for him, but on an aside, the Zac Efron, Ted Bundy movie, I feel I'm like watching. they romance. So hold on. I feel like I've read like, like criticism and obviously like Zac Efron is Zac Efron. Like you think of high school musical, um, you think of this like precious, like gem of a man. Um, right. So in that it's called extremely wicked, shockingly evil and vile. Um, and it refers to what the judge said about Ted Bundy at his, I don't know if it was his sentencing, but one of his trial hearings or whatever. But um, I watched it after I watched like a whole documentary about him, like Ted Bundy. And it was dark. I don't mean to say that I sympathize with him, but I think in that portrayal, that fictionalization, like it romantic. I feel like him as like a daddy, like. Yeah, Zaddy maybe, like Zaddy Bundy. Yeah. Which is disgusting, but like they, I, they did a good job, like not downplaying or like exploiting the victims. They didn't really show super graphic scenes of murder, which I appreciated. Cause that's like someone that's real. Yeah. If you're fictionalizing a serial killer, like, I guess that's a different thing, but when you're fictionalizing, like someone that's really like dead, like that's, I think to a point disrespectful, but to the point that we were trying to make about sympathizing in a fictionalized scenario, like it made him like, you're like, you get his upbringing, you get what happened to him. And then you get the progression that took him to that point. Um, and I can see where people that have a skewed per- perception, I guess, would think that possibly there was like justification for what he did. I don't think so. But um, those kind of fictionalized things are like, wow, oh my God, like Ted Bundy, he like had a really hard life and he really loved his girlfriend yeah. and he would never murder her, but he murdered all these women. It's like, yeah, bitch. And she could have been next if she didn't wise up, which she did. And she ended up turning him in spoilers. But yeah, like I could see where like if that was my only exposure to someone like Ted Bundy, you would have almost been like, wow, like I feel bad for him. Or even like I'm thinking of um, the assassination of uh, Gianni Versace on Netflix. Yeah. It was so good. But like it was like obviously like totally like not real. I mean, Mm -hmm. obviously like. There was a lot of that that was not real. <laughs> that, yeah. that never happened. Yeah. So like it's um I don't know. I just I feel like kind of like bad for like the killer, but like I shouldn't. Like it was like it was weird. Like it was right. like, oh like th- like why am I feeling so like bad for like this, you know, kid. Um yeah. Well, I don't know if he was a kid. He was a young man. Um, but like, yeah, like, why do I feel so bad for this person? Like when literally he like walked up and like killed like Versace in cold blood. Was was that the one where it was Darren Chris from Glee? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I remember watching it. Um, I don't know if I finished it, but yeah, I think going back to our point, like it's not that I did feel sympathy for any of these murderers. Like, let's make that clear, crisp and clear. But like you, you almost do have that sympathy. It almost like the, the, the fictionalization of some of these people and the narrative that they paint around these fictionalizations kind of makes you like do a double take, which I guess is cool. Um, because you're critically thinking about something, um, instead of just like staring at a screen and drooling for two hours. But I don't know, is it the right thing to like make these fictionalizations where you're painting someone in a sympathetic light? I mean, I don't think it's like an apples to apples comparison either, no. to be fair. Like, um, you know, saying like, oh, they, they painted Ted Bundy in a sympathetic light and they painted Anna in a sympathetic light. Those are two different scenarios and two different crimes. Right. But it is something to be said, like we said, like, are these fictionalizations, you know, sympathizing crime? It's still crime. I mean, um, I think these scammers are definitely more likable and more what do I want to say? Redeemable human beings. I don't think they're, you know, necessarily evil as some of these other evil people are, but why, why do filmmakers want to paint these criminals in a sympathetic light, you know? Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, a kind of like a little bit off topic is like when I watched Spencer in the movie theater, I had a real Mm -hmm. issue with how they portrayed Diana because I feel like she's just, you know, this there's this idea of her being like you know the the america's like like the you know a princess of the people Mm -hmm. um and you know that she just i think that she really like struggled like mentally and i just feel like with spencer like i mean 
Kristen Stewart did her thing. And like, I think that Kristen Stewart did a good job for Kristen Stewart, which I mean, <laughs> compared to like, I don't know, like if you're comparing like Kristen Stewart to like Mel- M- Meryl Streep, she probably was like somewhere in between. Um, like on like like a one to ten, I don't know, scale. I don't even know what I'm trying to say right now. Like but Kristen like, Stewart, like is like the middle ground like, between like, like zero and Meryl Streep. Yeah. Like no one can beat Meryl. Yeah, no, obviously no one can beat Meryl. But like, I don't know. I just feel like they like they made it almost like um I don't know. They it I felt disgusting watching like her like have these like mental breakdowns and then they just kind of like berated all the clothes like cin- like c- like cinematically it was beautiful but like mm-hmm. but then it also was like really exploitative to like a human being mm-hmm. um and like I don't know to me I just was like like I, don't, I was like I was a little turned off by it like because they really portrayed Charles as an asshole which I think is fair um fair, <laughs> fair. <laughs> but, accurate like, with, like Diana like I mean I feel like she was just this like woman who was really struggling to um be a part of like that royal climate where you know you don't talk about your feelings you don't um you know cry you you have the stiff upper lip and I mean you could probably we could probably like spend like a whole um another episode just talking about like the royal family but um god (laughs) (laughs) I know is there like a certain level of like exploitation involved in the dramatization of one of these people like or dramatizations of real events like in general like diana any of these stories any of these criminals in all seriousness and i mean that might be something that 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 feels bad because it's bad like someone said this is bad but with the criminal representations even if they're problematic or not great like for the most part all of these that we've been talking about, they have in some way like greenlighted it. Like the, yeah, yeah in, in some way or another, they might not be super happy about how they're portrayed, but. Um, I think the Tinklers when there is like gonna have, like is trying to get like a dating show. Stop. Like, the yeah, he hated it though. Cause he said like, like most like of I that was untrue, but I would love to see it. Let's make it even messier. I want And this is totally unrelated. I feel like we bounce back and forth, but I think this is just going to be it. If anyone is listening at this point, and if you made it this far, this is it. This is what it's going to be. It's just going to be like a ping pong ball of messiness. (laughs) (laughs) Just like mess. But but I- queens, messy people, just messy. Just messy. (laughs) (laughs) That's a theme for my entire life. Just Just mess. mess. Yeah. My, that's my and favorite. Oh, and over caffeinated. Yeah, messy and over caffeinated. That should be our motto. <laughs> my favorite, like, newer slang is like when people just say, like, mess. Or, like, my brother says bet all the time, and I have no idea what it means. He's like, bet. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it means, like, bet. I don't know. I don't know what it means. Like, I, no, I'm it means like, where I'm like, I have no idea what it means. Go ahead, go for it. No, it means Explain like, it to yeah. Me. No, it means like, <laughs> I feel like we're like <laughs> I feel like we're like two like 60-year-old women trying to like talk about TikTok. Like, you know, no, 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 I saw this on the Bet. news. <laughs> Bet. <laughs> it means like um affirming a statement or counter yeah. the doubts of like someone. word. Bet. Bet. Like yeah. Yeah. Tight. How is that slang? I just, I don't understand. Yeah. It means like, you know, bet. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Moving on. I want to know that one person that's like scrolling through this or like they're listening to it on their daily commute and they're like, what the fuck? Can't reach the button to turn this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, what I was trying to say before my brain went brr, but was like Tinder swindler. I want him, you know, even though it's messy and problematic, I want him to get that dating show. I miss those like trashy, like mid two thousands reality shows. I feel, feel like they've really, really died. Like the only like saving grace is things like, well, almost everything that's on Bravo, but yeah. like the, the housewives are like really it anymore. I, I, want- I also didn't feel bad for like the women who gave him the money. I mean, I kind of did. Cause like that stinks, but also like, why are you giving 
thousands upon thousands of dollars to a man that you don't even really know. Like, I just, I'm just like concerned about the lack of stranger danger there. Like, I, I just don't, I mean, logically, and I don't know, I know that people like do crazy things for like, quote unquote, like love. Love, yeah. But like, I don't know, is, is someone's, um, let me just give you all my money. Like, but like, I just, I don't understand how these women give so much money to a man that they don't no. know. Um, because like, why, like, why? Like, I don't know. Like, aren't you like, I feel like even the women that do it when they're doing it, they don't understand. I mean, this is literally like tale as old as time. Like you said, like it was a lot easier back when there wasn't like accessible paper trails. Like, yeah. but now, I mean, even in the recent past, the last 20 years with like the big predominance in the internet, like there is episodes of Mari, there's documentaries, there's whole reality series where these women or men, you know, get swindled out of so much money and they 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 can't even sometimes they just get swept up in this whirlwind of passion they get told all these things basically I want to say like I feel like people just want to be loved and like when someone's like hey baby I love you I'll take you on a cruise but you just need to front like half of the money like imagine like you and your mans or me and my mans like earlier on in the relationship when you already trusted them like I feel like people just trust too fast because like two years into a relationship rationally, I would be like, oh yeah, you want like a hundred bucks so we can go on vacation? Like, sure. I don't know. I feel like like I'm the kind of person who's like, I trust no bitch. Like it's not even the person you live with or no, no, no. Like, it's just like, I mean, yeah, like obviously you better watch yourself. (laughs) Yeah. No, like, I don't know. I just feel like I'm always like, I like at first, like I always have my guard up with people. So like, I don't trust someone and like, I'll respect you and, and like, whatever, we'll work right. towards trust. But right. like once, I don't know, once I get any like inkling of, and I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm hyper aware or I'm super observant. I don't, I don't know. Um, but as soon as something's off, mm-hmm. then I immediately am like on the defense, like, all right, let's go. Like, like, let's, let's, let's ditch this popsicle stand. Like I'm done with this. I don't know. Maybe it's just because like, I don't know. I have no idea why I'm like that, but I mean, that's a, semi-healthy attitude to have. I mean, you might be just like hyper aware of things and like kind of more untrusting than other people. But I think to a point that's a good attitude to have. Like you should have your guard up when you're starting a new relationship, whether it be a friendship or or like a romantic relationship, right? because that person can be anyone. And I think that's like the craziest thing about something like specifically the Tinder swindler, like that person could literally be anyone. Like you're taking a gamble that it's going to be the love of your life. Sure. But you need to ease into it. You need to. And, um, I mean, take my dating advice for nothing, but I feel like in any relationship you need to, like, it, it, it doesn't matter what's at stake. Yeah. Maybe it's just like, you know, he, you have a new friend that you met at work and, you know, you want to get coffee with them. Like, yeah, maybe go meet them after work for a drink or um, go out on the weekends to TJ Maxx or something. But, you know, don't like let them rent your vacation home or like babysit your dog. I don't know. After you meet them for like two weeks, you know what I mean? Like, it's just that I think that certain level of distrust in anyone is healthy because it kind of helps prevent these kind of things. You should have some kind of barriers. And that's what's sad. I think for different reasons that I am definitely not qualified to analyze, like these men and women that fall for these scams are just like, they just don't have that perception of maybe I shouldn't trust this person this fast. And like with the Tinder swindler, like he took, he like took one of um, the women, like immediately, like on like a private jet with Mm -hmm. um, his, I guess, baby mama. I think it's still like, unclear whether or not like that was actually his like baby mama or not um and like the baby mama was like in on it somehow like the baby mom was like oh yeah like he's great like go for it like and it's like all right well if like your first date is like on a private jet don't you think he's trying a little too hard like I don't know to me I'm like if someone takes me on like a private jet like cool that'll be fun but also like I better have like an escape plan. Like I better be like, all right, do I have enough money to like, God forbid, if I get like stuck, like, you know, in Morocco 
when a credit card doesn't work and I only have my, you know, work credit card, like, <laughs> like, wh- like, what are we I like how do? you're like meshing these together. Like. Yeah. Like, like if, if, you know, say if I was in that scenario, like, do I have a backup plan? Yeah. So, I mean, in all, like, I feel like the overarching theme here is like, we want to like these people, but should we? Right. Yeah. That's pretty accurate. <laughs> Except for the serial killers, but like, yeah, they deserve yeah everything, whatever <laughs> they get. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, like these criminals that we talked about, like the three, I think let's like, like bring it on home. Like, um, Elizabeth, Simon and Anna, I feel like we want to like them because they're like the best and worst in us. Yeah. I kind of want to be friends with both of them, even though I know that they're, pro- <laughs> they're not the best of characters. Like two out of three of them know. are in jail. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's not a great track record, but I mean, I don't know. I'm just here for the messiness, to be honest. So I'm just here for the mess. I feel like that's the story of my life. So just for sorry. context, um, the both of us are staring at each other on a Zoom screen <laughs> <laughs> in like delirium. <laughs> this has been the first episode. I mean, let us know what you think about all of it. I want to know what you think about these fictionalizations of these criminals and fictionalizations in general like we said we talked about princess diana and are these fair and accurate interpretations of real life events yeah i'm definitely interested to hear what you have to think about it um just because i i mean i I, it's just easy to get caught up in you know all these stories and i just Mm -hmm. am so curious about what other people think about um these you know I don't really, they're not really like pop culture events, but somehow they, they get mainstreamed into, um, into our like pop culture. Yeah. It's kind of like what you said earlier on, like, it was one of the first things you said, it's like, um, inventing Anna took me back to like the tiger King. It's like, these are like events that we like share together, whether they're problematic or not. Like everybody's like, did you see that? Like, did, did you see the messiness? And everybody's like, yeah, I did. And it's like a cultural like phenomenon. Yeah. I'm definitely interested to hear what everyone thinks about it. Yeah. So this has been our literal first episode of over caffeinated with attitude. And that's it, man. That's, that's a wrap on it. Stay tuned for more fun stuff about, you know. (laughs) Follow me for more recipes. Yeah. (laughs) Bye. Bye.